Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of The Moments That Made Me, with me, your host, Roxy Nafusi. Today, I am joined by the absolutely incredible Alex Light. I first met Alex back in 2018 when I was hosting yoga class on a Liz Earle retreat, and she was a beauty writer at Hello Magazine. Funnily enough, I was actually unknowingly pregnant with Wolf at the time. Alex has since gone on to make a huge impact on social media, helping thousands upon thousands of women learn to love the skin they are in. Alex is a body confidence and anti-diet activist and has amassed over 300,000 followers on Instagram with her honest and empowering posts. I am so excited to be sitting down with her today and hearing her three defining moments. Hi love! Hi! Oh oh my god, I did not know you were pregnant when we had that trip. Oh my god, so I don't know if you remember, but I was really, really tired that trip. And on one of the days, I fell asleep in the afternoon and completely missed this conference call and was mortified. And uh, anyway, I was pregnant. Oh my god, that is absolutely crazy. I did not know that. Well, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) I know, wild, isn't it? Um, And so I feel like both of our lives have changed quite dramatically since then. So it feels even more special to be kind of reunited talking again. Yeah, definitely. Oh, and that, that trip was so lovely. We got on so well. And I remember thinking like, yeah, it was so amazing what you were doing and your journey and stuff. So I'm, I'm really, yeah, I've been pleased to follow you too and see what's been going on with you. And Wolf is just so gorgeous. <laughs> so gorgeous. Thank you, love. <laughs> Firstly, I just want to say before we go into your moments, thank you because body image has been, I think for many women, it's something that um, can be the source of a lot of agony, pain, insecurity. And for sure, I would say that the movement on social media towards a more normalizing all body shapes and sizes has had such a positive impact, certainly on my life and I know on so many people's. So I just want to say thank you for everything that you're doing because it really is helping just, it's helping more than I think you probably even know. Oh, that's that's really nice to know. Thank you. Yeah. And I just think it's something that so many of us go through, but a lot of the time we just don't realize because it's not that talked about. So yeah, I think it's great that, yeah, the more open the conversation can be, the better. 
What is your first defining moment? So my first one had to be around something to do with eating disorder, my eating disorder, right? Because it's a huge part of my life, something that dominated my life for a long time, probably the best part of a decade, possibly even more. But I found it kind of difficult to pinpoint it to one moment as anyone who's had an eating disorder will know Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, that it's really... Like, and, you know, for me, it was really long and convoluted and complex, as was my recovery as well. So I think, but I think if I had to, I think the one moment would be when I first got help, when I first went to see someone. I think that was the, that was the turning point, definitely, because I was, prior to that, I was kind of stuck in my own little world with it and, totally unable to see the woods for the trees and just in a really really bad place and that was the kind of the moment when I got when I when I was able to sort of Mm. see some hope it's hard to like pin it down to to like you know one one moment when recovery is just so complex and such a long long road long and winding road and, and you know it's not linear at all so I'm always hesitant when you know, people say to me, like, what was a, like a, a pivotal moment for you or like yeah. a turning point or like a light bulb moment? I'm always hesitant to attribute one that, you know, one particular thing to that, because I think it's so much about tons of different factors and lots of moving pieces. And it's like a big jigsaw puzzle that all has to come together to like make a, a picture um and you know which is recovery do you know what I mean of course I'd love to ask you about your recovery but before we do let's go into the eating disorder itself when did it start how long did it last and how did it manifest for you because as we know eating disorders manifest so differently for so many people totally yeah so for me it was it was dieting and disordered eating in my teens I started dieting at a really really young age I think about 12 I started um, on various diets and I tried every diet under the sun you name it I have I can guarantee that I've tried it <laughs> um up until the recent ones of course because I don't diet at all anymore ever but I just dieted and dieted and I actually dieted my way up uh to a weight that I was really unhappy with because as we you know as as many of us know now diets don't actually work and they generally result in you know, over the long term weight gain. So I dieted myself up. And then, you know, at some point I was like, I'm really unhappy, I have to do something. And I don't want to name what it was specifically that I started doing, because I don't want to sort of trigger anyone or, Mm. you know, suggest something. But something sort of clicked with me and I began to lose weight. And I lost, continued to lose weight and more weight and more weight and more weight and at some point I was just down to not really eating anymore I was you know surviving on like boiled sweets it's so awful honestly Mm. absolutely horrendous so it was it was anorexia and that's what I was diagnosed with initially and it was my mum who said you know we really we you need to get help this isn't right something's going on we need to get you some help. So I was diagnosed with anorexia and I started receiving treatment for it. But that shortly morphed into bulimia, which was, which looked better than the anorexia, as in I put on weight 
because through bulimia you don't you don't actually get rid of all of the calories so I was actually still eating something and I put on weight and I think everyone around me assumed that I was just better and healthier and I wasn't I was really in the depths of bulimia which was which felt just as bad as the anorexia and eventually I stopped um, I was able to, to stop purging but I was yeah the, the the issues with food were still there absolutely still there and I hadn't worked my way through them yet and so binge eating then took over which was the next few years of my life so like I, I said like I feel bad when I explain this story because it's not like an easy one to explain do you know what I mean it's very it's very like long and convoluted but that's the reality of what it was like yeah. and that's the reality for a lot of people as well and I think it's almost reassuring to know that because in the media we see eating disorders as like this is how it's depicted it's like girl falls ill with anorexia because it's generally only anorexia really that's depicted she mm. it gets to a really bad place she receives help she gets better and it's just that's just not the case for so many of us it's like we dip in and out of different eating disorders and we go back and forth and I think it's harmful that narrative of this is how it happens falls ill receives treatment gets better because it's just not the case for so many of us and I know that that was damaging to me so I'm pleased that I'm able to share my story my long-winded story of it but it's not easy to explain it's very long and rambly (laughs) no not at all I think you know that is the reality I think look it's like any addiction or you know self-harm of any kind whether it's drugs alcohol food the journey of it is extremely complex and and it often morphs into something that is functional to dysfunctional to you know there's and in the recovery of it is is so long I mean and you're totally right there's very rarely one pivotal moment but rather a culmination of so many moments that are just become so exhausting that you just desire change so bad totally and sometimes it's like it's like minute sort of imperceptible bits of progress that you don't even recognize or acknowledge but all of that eventually mounts up and builds up to something that is genuine recovery with your eating disorders what do you think was driving it was it to do with body image and thinking that looking a certain way would equal happiness or was it for control or a combination of both or something else entirely yeah I think it was a nice little cocktail of both I think it was like the the perfect storm I grew up in a um, I grew up in a very diet culture focused environment and the overriding message was that in order to be you know desirable loved worthy successful that you had to be thin and I I wasn't naturally thin I was never naturally thin I was always a chubby kid chubby teenager hence why I started diet so early so I was and I was never happy being that because I thought that I would never be successful or find someone or to be able to please the people around me if I wasn't thin so that was instilled at me at a very very young age and I it became the most important thing in my life then to achieve this, to achieve thinness, because I thought that was the pinnacle. Like that would be my, that would unlock everything for me being thin. And of course it didn't, it never does. You know, I got there, I got down and you know, people say, I'll be so happy when I'm thin or I'll be so happy when I'm this weight. And the truth is that that's not the case at all. 
you know it doesn't it doesn't it's not this like magical doesn't un- unlock this wonderful nirvana like it actually takes a lot to make you happy a lot of other stuff that doesn't lie in how you look so yeah I think it was a perfect storm for that as as well I'm a very I'm a perfectionist I'm a very black and white all or nothing mentality like to an extreme like I'm really bad at that I have to like struggle against that all the time and I think that mentality really is very prevalent in people with eating disorders and Mm. yeah it just it all kind of fed into each other and it was yeah, just ended up with uh, it dominating my life and, and getting really bad. Oh, I'm so sorry you went through that. And I, I am I'm glad you brought up the perfectionism thing. I've been actually speaking about this a lot recently because I don't know if you agree, but I think a lot of people think that perfectionism is kind of this really admirable trait that makes us always strive to be better. But perfectionism right. is ultimately just self-sabotage. It's paralyzing. If things are not perfect, they are not good at all. There's no, there's no room for flexibility or for life or for realness to exist when you are a perfectionism, a perfectionist. Totally, well said. And and that's the thing with recovery as well. I was like, if it wasn't going perfectly, well, why bother? Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, if I had a little lapse, which is not a relapse, it's just a lapse. It's just a, you know, as as should be said, the journey goes back and forth to recovery. Mm. But the moment I lapsed, I was like, well, that's it. I'm done. I might as well just go back to what I was doing. I'm at I'm at square one, and that's it. You know. Um, so it's, it's really damaging to have that. Like, it's I, I genuinely wish I wasn't a perfectionist and I didn't have that black and white mentality because there is such like freedom in living in the grey area you know totally such freedom and like that's where you're probably you function at your best is in the gray area but it's so hard at least for me like I find it so difficult to live in the gray area Mm. so tell us a little bit about your road to recovery yeah so um like we said all those little moments like everything that I learned along along the way I think eventually led to me being able to shake off and get rid of you know to, to live eating disorder free but with so the binge eating which was my last um the last thing that I was really struggling with I hit I really did hit what felt like a real rock bottom for me I was I was alone my boyfriend was away um he was in Australia for a few weeks and for me being alone is like a huge trigger when it comes to food it had just been a really really bad time and I thought I can't do this anymore I can't binge eat like this anymore it's actually feels like it's killing me and I can't do it I think when people talk about binging a lot of people we can we kind of make it quite a casual thing so I don't think just I think it'd be really good to explain exactly what binge eating actually is because how often do you hear your friends going oh god I've binged on sweets last night or you know I notice I say it like oh well, I actually don't now, but I used to be like, oh, that was a real binge. But that's, I don't think I know what a binge is, you know, and I think it's really important right. to actually like define what binge eating really is when it's under a disordered eating umbrella. Totally. And huge disclaimer, like I'm not a professional, I'm not a trained expert, but this is just comes from my experience and the research, the independent research that I've done. But binge eating disorder is not taken seriously because like what you said, people say, oh, I just had a bit, I had a binge this weekend. And it's kind of become like just really like banal sort of like conversation. Mm. But it's actually really, really, it's a serious mental illness and it accounts for 
way more of the percentage of eating disorders than anorexia or bulimia does. Oh, wow. So it's far, far more common, but it's l- far less talked about. And I think that's as well because it's it comes shrouded in a lot of, sh- of shame, which is absolutely what I felt. You know, there's this kind of perception that if you binge eat, it's, it's just greed and gluttonous and, you know, a lack of self-control. But it's actually far more deep and complex than that. And, you know, binge eating is is eating a substantial amount of, of, you know, consuming a substantial amount of food within a small space of time. And it's being totally out of control as well. Like, Mm. I I can only describe it as feeling like I blacked out when I would have my binges. Like, I would totally black out and nothing else in the world mattered. And it was actually really soothing. Um, which is why it's which is why it's so hard to break because it's a very soothing behavior where everything melts away your anxiety your problems everything melts away all that matters is you and the food but that and it, and it's intoxicating and exhilarating but that only lasts for a matter of it depends person to person but a matter of minutes and then you have this huge crashing come down where you're just filled with guilt and shame and you know, regret. And it's really, it's a really isolating and lonely disorder that a lot of people are struggling with silently. So yeah, and and there's been a lot of, uh, so for National Eating Disorders Week this year, um, BEAT, the eating disorder charity, that was their chosen eating disorder to focus on and bring attention to, which I thought was brilliant. So more people are talking about it, which is, which is great. Um, so then I, yeah, I hit this, I hit this rock bottom. I was like, I have to do something. And, you know, I'd had therapy up until that point, but it just hadn't seemed to really, really make a dent with the binge eating. So I was like, I'm taking things into my own hands. And I went on Amazon and I just ordered, every book that I could find on binge eating. And in the meantime, as I was waiting for that to arrive, I went on YouTube and just typed in binge eating and basically spent like 24 hours just head down in the computer watching everything I could about it. And it was just so, it was um, like, I feel like a week after, I spent a week, honestly, reading all these books, like pouring over everything, trying to note down everyone's different experiences and what had worked for them, and just seeing if I could apply it to my own life. And I felt like it really unlocked something for me. And I didn't really binge much after that. It was, uh, it was fairly like it was a fairly quick recovery I think because of everything that combined with everything I'd learned over the years about eating disorders and recovery I think I had a good foundation anyway but yeah it just it kind of it all culminated and I stopped any form of restriction which was the number one trigger for me and for most people when it comes to binge eating or overeating in general so I managed to I stopped that and I started eating quote unquote normally because there is no like normal, <laughs> um, but I started making sure that my body was nourished and satisfied, which was really important. I had never eaten carbs up until that point, but I really tried to incorporate them in my diet and that reduced the urge to binge as well. So yeah, I got that eventually. I'm so happy. I'm so happy you did. And you know what? I love that. I think that immersing yourself in self-development is like so brilliant there is we have so many resources through books podcasts youtube um listening to other people's experiences it's it's so powerful and sometimes you can just read one book and just go oh my goodness that 
something just clicked. Totally. I think we now more than ever, we have access to so many resources and so many people's experiences as well, which I know really helps me. Like I love to immerse myself in that as well. And I think just make anyone that's listening that's struggling with something, I'm not saying that that's going to be like the silver bullet and like it's a magic wand, but it will definitely help you. Like the more knowledgeable you are about what you're going through, the better chance you have at recovering from it or at getting rid of it from your life, 100%. Just just make yourself as knowledgeable as possible and educate yourself as much as you can. I love that. Thank you, Alex. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. So, what was your second defining moment? So my second defining moment, defining moment was sharing all of this on Instagram, sharing about my eating disorder on Instagram, which looking back now, I'm still like, I don't know why or how I did that because I had been so secretive about my eating disorders. Like my mum and dad knew and my sisters knew, but I never talked to them about it. Mm. And none of my friends had any idea. I mean, they would have had an idea. They would have seen you know, from the externally what was going on, but I never spoke about it. And it was this weird moment on Instagram where I was, I was on Instagram anyway, and I was sharing fashion and beauty. And I had a, uh, I had a following, I had about, I think 40,000 followers. And I would like go to amazing places in London and get amazing clothes and take these pictures that I would, you know, I would edit my body to make me look thinner and like change my face and just make these photos like as aspirational as possible. And it was at some point where it just hit me that this was so, so far removed from what was going on behind the scenes and so not reflective of what was happening with me. And I just had this thought of like, oh God, should I share something? Should I? Should I do it? Like, Maybe I should just give it a go because it can't just be me, right? Mm. And up until that point, I'd felt like I was the only person in the world who had who was suffering with an eating disorder, who had thoughts and feelings like this around food and my body. And I shared a picture and the, the post now, I'm not particularly, it's not that I'm proud of, I'm proud of it, but I, I know a lot more now and I think it was a very... 
it was it was a post that was triggering probably to a lot of people and naive in what I said because I just hadn't explored this subject at all Mm. but I shared a post of me at different weights and said you know that I had been struggling with an eating disorder and I feel like that was a defining moment because it unlocked this whole world for me where I suddenly found purpose in what I'd been through because before that I was really angry at myself I guess because I felt like I'd wasted so much of my life on this eating disorder you know because it had been all consuming and it hadn't really left me time to you know expand anything about myself or you know my career or anything it it would it just it consumed me so much that I felt like I I was angry about it Mm. do you know what I mean I I felt like it had yeah it had taken away some a lot of my life so this unlocks the idea that I now had all this purpose and I don't want to sound like really cringe I'm aware that it sounds like really cringe but not at all it made me feel like wow if I can if I can actually help other women and be the person that I again this is so cliche but be the person that I would have liked to have come across on Mm -hmm. Instagram when I was really suffering then it kind of it doesn't make it all worth it but it means that it will have meant something and been for a reason I love that look I think it's not cringe at all I think it's so beautiful and so true and I think we all are searching to find meaning through our pain and if you can find yeah. meaning and you can make a sense, give it a reason or give it, a, you know, direct that pain into something good, then that is so liberating. Yeah. And then what happened? Because I feel like I kind of, because I definitely was following you before and it was like, I, I kind of feel like, because you know, bloody algorithms, you don't really see people's posts. It was like one day I saw your page and it was something. And then the next it was like, bam, hundreds of thousands of followers. And it was like amazing. It was just like this page of just like this community. And it just was so like just made you feel good going through it so was it kind of like as soon as you did that post you just realized like oh my goodness this is what I'm supposed to do or was there you know and how did that community build so fast yeah it it really did feel like oh god this is what I'm supposed to do like this feels really good to me I feel like I it like lit a fire under my belly and I was like I like this and I love the fact this is resonating with so many people like that just felt really good and also on a, like a really selfish level it felt so good to know that I wasn't alone it felt so like comforting like the, the response the inter- the response like instantly made me feel a million times better and it's because I guess I and this is across the board right we find comfort in knowing that we're in the same boat as other people and and that's why we you know we have like support groups and we find comfort in our communities and so on a on a selfish level like the community has done like my my little community has done so much for me like it's it's yeah as it's incredibly like rewarding I'd say but it grew it just grew really fast really fast and it was over lockdown really it kind of it steadily grew after I started talking about this stuff but not not in leaps and bounds but 
um, it was when I I left my job, which was actually sorry, I'm like zigzagging because this is my this is actually my third defining moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was when I left my job in the first lockdown that everything just took off. I was able to dedicate more time to it and really put time into thinking like what resources would I have wanted to see mm. or what do I want to see and I was able to put those together and, and that's when it kind of took off. oh wow so you decided like right I am going to do this full time now no no so and this is yeah this is my third defining moment that I sort of debated whether to whether to use it or not because it wasn't I'd love to say like it was me I was you know I decided to make this choice and I was gonna you know do what I felt was right for me but it actually wasn't that at all I was made redundant um in in the first lockdown yeah I was I was made redundant um and it felt absolutely terrifying at the time but looking back now I feel like it's one of the best things that's happened to me really because I was really unhappy I guess this doesn't really make me like look great to say this but it's the truth and I think this is a situation that a lot of us are in as well but I was unhappy but too scared to do anything about Mm -hmm. it I just I was too scared of the unknown of what it was going to bring of of financial security I just I couldn't guarantee that and that scared me so I I was for a long time in a situation that I just wasn't I just made me quite unhappy and so getting made redundant was just a really really amazing thing for me it felt so scary at the time and I I was sad as well I was I was there for a long time but um it was it was hands down like the best thing for my career Uh, I just needed that push and I think I think it's I don't know what you think, but I think it's good to share stuff like that as well. So good. Also, because, you know, look, when I first started this podcast, the whole, the premise of it was understand, was to inspire people that when you think something has just gone monumentally wrong, just trust that actually it's gone monumentally right. And this is just a perfect example of that. You know, that's, that's what this show is about, is understanding that those moments where you are stuck, you know, the universe kind of gave you the opportunity to become unstuck because your fear wouldn't have, you know, necessarily let you at that time. Totally. I think that's incredible. And also so many people who um, have been made redundant during this time, I think will really relate to those feelings of sadness and, you know, being, you know, so scared of what was going to happen. But what you did was that you found something that you really that made like you just said it gave you fire in your belly and you just went with it and you stepped into your most authentic self and as I always say that is where the magic happens totally yeah yeah sometimes you just need that push and I think yeah there's comfort to be found in knowing that like the hardest of times you know another like really hard time which I sort of debated including as one as well is when uh and I think I told you about this when I saw you uh, on the trip but I, I had a boyfriend of 10 years and after 10 years he told me he was gay and so obviously we we split up but that was a huge moment for me as well and it felt like the end of the world it felt like this my whole life as I knew it was turned completely upside down and I was Uh, the most unhappy probably that I've ever been in my life but actually now like that was a huge defining moment for me and massively like shaped how I am now in terms of like compassion for other people and understanding that 
bad things that happen. And, and I, this isn't the case all the time. And I don't want to minimize anyone's experiences or what they're going through. But like bad things can often be turned around to just genuinely like make you stronger mm. you know so I think that was like a really special moment for me as well it wasn't at the time it was absolutely horrendous but I like I'm a such a, a hugely like stronger person now for it. goodness when that happened had you seen it coming did you know no I didn't have a clue I didn't have any idea I was totally blindsided by it it is a long time it was a long time and there had been no like we hadn't been arguing or things hadn't been bad it totally came out of the blue and absolutely blindsided me it was just like my whole it felt like my whole world turned upside down just like that yeah oh my it was a crazy experience that again as well took took a while to recover from of course and there's so many um complexities in 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 that because obviously you, there's your own pain and there's grieving a relationship and someone I suppose I assume you thought you were going to be with forever yeah. but then there's also the pain and compassion that you have to feel for him for having hidden something hidden his true self for so long so there's just it must just be such a complex array of emotions I mean I don't even know how you begin to process them honestly it was it was so complex because I I ended up thinking all the time like yeah I wish I could be mad at him I wish he'd done something you know that I could be mad at him and then I wouldn't have to sort of take on his pain as well and feel like I was responsible for kind of sorting him out and making sure that his he was okay because it added it felt like it added a layer onto my pain, as you said. So yeah, it was it was really difficult, but it it totally worked out in that now I'm you know I've got with my fiance now, and he's got a boyfriend. Aww. My ex has a boyfriend, and we are the best of friends. Like so we talk nice. all the time, and it's like a, a really lovely relationship. It all worked out, but yeah, definitely definitely a defining moment for me. For sure. So how does it feel now being, I mean, do you just feel so liberated being able to share pictures without all the editing? Oh my God, so liberating, honestly. And has it made you love yourself more? 100%. Like share, I remember when I first started to share pictures without editing and being like, oh this is weird I'm just gonna go into my camera roll and like put that photo up as it is like that's really amazing but like am I sure (laughs) and I went through a period where it was just really terrifying but now it feels yeah amazing yeah I almost choose the photos where I have more of like so-called and so perceived flaws because I feel like that's they're the ones that challenge me the most and liberate me you know I remember sharing one where I had I've always been self-conscious of my back um and having like fat rolls on my back which by the way most like a lot a lot of women do not most but a lot of women do and I remember taking a picture of that and thinking like oh I don't know if I can post it and posting it really unlocked that fear and that you know this I had this kind of just disgust for how I look from the back but and then seeing so many women like flood to the comments and saying like thank you so much like this is what my back looks like too and I've always hated it and it just like that feeling of like well it's okay like it's not just me it's mm. normal I hate this word but for a lack of a better word like normal it's fine um so it's incredibly liberating it feels so good honestly 
So amazing. I mean, I definitely feel like there has been a massive movement. And I do think genuinely people are placing less importance on the way people look. I do think people are realizing that actually no one fucking cares if you've got abs. I know. know. Like that is the truth. Like nobody actually cares. That is like, I I always, you know, like if I was to post a picture of me in my gym kit, as opposed to post a picture of me in, you know, with my family or being natural, like no one cares about seeing a picture of me in my gym kit. Do you know what I mean? But they care about seeing me with my family or in real life. But I, I, it's, I really feel inspired by you because I really struggle. I have a lot of really deep rooted self-loathing for my face. Right. Okay. I've been on this journey with it and I, I don't remember. I, I, the last picture I took of my face without a filter and posted on the internet, just my face as is not with my hand over my face in a mirror, um, was last January. Really? I think, so. yeah, uh, it might have been, no, last July on my birthday, I posted one from the side and I'm really, I'm so, I'm so not there. Like I'm, the filter stuff is just a whole other level. Yeah. Like I think it's really, there's no, now there's so much more normalizing all body shapes and sizes. And I feel uh, comfortable in my body and I've stopped dieting also and that, but the face stuff is I I feel like I just I never show my face on camera. That's really um, hard. I never talk to camera. Yeah, that's yeah, really and tricky. It's and I'm I'm I, I'm like listening to you. Like I want that liberation. Oh, I, I I'm sorry that you you know have to sort of go through that because that must be really difficult. And you know I was going to say to you, oh, but you're beautiful. You have a beautiful face. But I I know that that's not necessarily that doesn't really matter. I guess the opinion of of other people when it comes to this doesn't matter less. It's more about your own insecurities I feel like it could be it could be really liberating for you to maybe talk about it maybe and share a post that you don't feel that comfortable doing and it could really you know sort of help you tap into like well one a community of people that also feel that way that you can sort of you know talk to about it but it also might just it might just sort of break down those feelings you have yeah I don't know yeah no it's really good to hear honestly I'm like imagine like hearing even just the way you described the first few times that you posted that it still felt really terrifying but you know I just I love that I find it really so so inspiring and do you feel like society is changing have you felt the shift yeah I just want to say quickly as well that there's real power in vulnerability like it's really terrifying to be vulnerable which was hard at first but that is it really does like being vulnerable gives you so much well liberation definitely as we said but it's really like enriching as well and it's really powerful so yeah just to say that on that no thank you I totally yeah I totally agree but it's hard to be vulnerable I get it 100% it's really difficult I do think society's changing yeah I think we're making step forwards and I think that's that's like due to social media because we're no longer sort of passively uh, viewing and consuming content anymore. We're actually making content and we're able to, you know, because of that, we're able to steer the narrative. And a lot of us are just saying like, we've, we're done. We're, we've had enough of 
beauty standards of of patriarchal standards and we've just we've had enough of it and we want to you know we want to forge our own paths now and not be upheld to these standards that really are very like arbitrary and do not mean anything so I think there's definitely a shift um, thanks to loads of incredible you know content creators on Instagram and we're we're seeing it like all that all that content on Instagram is starting to be reflected in the media when it comes to TV, slowly, very slowly, but we're, we're definitely seeing a shift. TV and, you know, brands as well are starting to really up their, make campaigns as diverse as possible. They show loads of different body shapes and sizes and races and genders, which is about time, but it's definitely happening. I think we're getting there. Do you? Yeah, I definitely do. I feel that, I think it was, look, I think there was, there's always a pendulum with these things, isn't there? And I think it's about, I don't I hope this doesn't sound bad, but I think there's always an opportunity where there's a pendulum where it goes to the other extreme where there, it was thin shaming and then that became an issue and actually it's just about going it's not about like it's just about everyone having an opportunity to be themselves and for everyone at any shape at any size that is beautiful and and it is true and I think that's what I do and I I definitely see I just love going on my feed and seeing loads of diversity and all shapes and all sizes and admiring them all like genuinely and I think it definitely definitely helps to make me feel more confident and I think it I think it is making a change for 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 so many women and men but especially I hope young teen um, girls who are you know in that period I think at least they have access to seeing um, everybody in shape and color represented, not just the ones that we saw growing up, which was, you know, tall, thin, blonde. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. And you're right. The pendulum does swing too far the other way before it settles in the middle. And I, and I think we're, we're getting there for sure. So I've got 10 quick fire questions for you. Okay. So number one is your most memorable book. Just Eat It by uh, Laura Thomas. And it's a book about intuitive eating, which is really amazing. And I would suggest anyone who is struggling with eating or just wants to explore intuitive eating, struggling with dieting, I suggest they give that a go. Well, yes, I follow intuitive eating. It's changed my life. Yeah, it's amazing. Favorite quote? Favorite quote is um, that everything passes. It's super simple, but I like that because I just, I feel like when I'm in sort of a mode where I feel like, oh, it's the end of the world. Like this is going to be, it's going to plague me forever. I just remember that everything passes and I just really like that. I love that. Most influential mentor. Most influential mentor. Do you know what? I struggled with this one because I don't actually, I don't really have a, a, a mentor per se. I feel like, I feel like all the women on Instagram who, who were doing this before I was and who educate on fat phobia and weight stigma and diet culture, like I, 
I dedicate that this to like all of them who have like really massively educated me. Love that. A moment where you felt most proud. When I, this is going to sound, I guess, so simple and basic for a lot of people, but considering that I've struggled with eating my entire life, um, I think it was uh, a moment when I realized that I was able to go through the day and just eat like a normal person. Like it even, it even makes me feel emotional talking about it now. And it's just, just because I, have just struggled for so long and I've never eaten like a normal person I'm saying that in air quotes because like for lack of a better word but um, yeah, 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 it was yeah. just in- incredibly like emotional to me but I was just so proud yeah. that I'd been able to get to that point where I could just have a normal day oh, I love that I really <laughs> love that and that is so I think just such a beautiful kind of of course you felt proud of that because when you have anything that is you know, like we kind of touched on in the beginning, whether that's drug abuse, alcoholism, um, food abuse and addiction, whatever it is, it's so all-consuming. And when you can reach a point where it doesn't take all your mental and physical strength to get through a day to deal with that issue, whatever it is, that is such a sign of healing and growth. Oh, it's massive and it feels so good. Like the best feeling ever. I love that. <laughs> um, a song that cheers you up. So I have a slightly weird taste in music, like not the traditional kind of music. So Placebo is my favorite band and one of their songs, Too Many Friends, it's called, is my favorite song of all time. And it's not a particularly cheery song, but I don't really love cheery music, <laughs> but it's just my favorite song ever. <laughs> love. Okay. Top tip for dealing with stress. Self-compassion. I think we ignore that a lot in like we sort of look at other other aspects of our life like you know and I think obviously stuff like meditation and things like that are amazing like and I, I do love like not in the meditation so much but I do a lot of breathing because it really helps with my anxiety mm. but um, self-compassion and saying to yourself like am I taking on too much like what's going on with me at the moment and sitting down to really be like honest with yourself and, and kind to yourself as well because we're taught to be like kind to other people, but not really ourselves. And it ends up in, you know, a lot of difficulties. I think self-compassion is is number one. Yeah, I love, love that. I actually don't hear that phrase enough, self-compassion. Yeah. Oh, it's so, 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 compassion is what it is. It's such a great term. It goes even deeper than self-love sometimes. Because self-compassion leads to self-love as well, but it, you have to have self-compassion first. Absolutely. One thing you'd like to achieve in the next year? Rather than give a specific something, I would just like to maintain a level of like happiness. <laughs> Quite basic, but just like be fairly content and fairly happy. I don't necessarily have like a specific goal or like something that I just really want to achieve. I just want to be content. I love that. Boring, I I know. (laughs) No, that's fucking the dream. That's what we all want, really. Yeah, I know. And because I think think you enter tricky territory, especially like, you know, if you say that, oh, I want to reach this many followers or do this and that, you put this pressure on yourself and and it leads you away from, I guess, the things that genuinely make you happy. So... For me, it's that I just, yeah, keep keep my mental health in a good place and just, yeah, maintain a level of, of like, contentment. <laughs> and the first person you called to share good news? Oh, my mum. Definitely. My oh! mom, straight away. Straight away. And, and my fiancé, but he's here with me all the time now, so I don't have to call. Because <laughs> we're locked in the same room together. <laughs> 
you have such a sweet kind nature like I can just hear it oozing from you this it's so uh, genuine and sincere and I have thoroughly enjoyed hearing your three moments and I'm so happy oh that's made my day no it's true and I'm I am just I'm so happy for you I really am so happy that you found you know something to use that pain and for it to mean something and for it to have been worth it because um it was sounds I mean it was such an awful experience and so I did take so much from you but now it's filled you with all this goodness to share the what with the world so thank you so much for everything you do and I can't wait to see where the journey takes you next oh thank you what a wonderful interview honestly it's made my day so thank you so much for having me on and same for you I can't wait to see what you do next and keep up with your journey can't wait Thank you. Thank you, lovely. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.